Last Sunday, um, we were not here because we attended a memorial service in the state of Wisconsin. And Pastor Nick, uh, he, I invited him to fill the pulpit, and uh, I do thank him for his uh, time of fine uh, exhortation from God's word. And um, he is a young man that uh, God has blessed us with for the past four years, and he will be greatly missed. And he will be uh, not far away, be here in Springfield, and as Jenny said, working on the local college campus. But last week, I was in a church about the size of our choir and orchestra. It was in a building that was uh, older than 100 years old in a very small village in Wisconsin. And we enjoyed our time of uh, being there and listening to the word of God and realizing that wherever we are, God's spirit is a common denominator in, uh, in the Christian family, that the spirit of the Lord was there and it was... Uh, a wonderful, wonderful experience, but I did miss you and did uh, get a glimpse of you online and thank you for your faithfulness. Today, I am going to uh, kind of take a side road away from parables. It was historically, it's been common for me on a Sunday that we had any type of a business meeting to share with you as a congregation, the state of the church. Now, when I say the state of the church, I am talking about the church with a capital C, the church in America. And as well, I cannot do that without giving consideration to our own church family. Some of you love to take notes, and some of you like to um, file statistics and away, and I just encourage you, if that may be you, get your pencil and paper out. The things that I will be sharing with you Today, I give credit to uh, Thomas Rayner, who is uh, a former president of Lifeway uh, Christian Bookstores, and he is also one of the foremost authorities in church growth. And then, um, as well, I want to recognize uh, Pew Search, which is an organization that deals with nonprofits and shares statistics through surveys and these individuals and organizations and books, um, I will be drawing from a great deal of content that I have studied and read to share with you for the purpose of not only praying for our own church, but praying for the status of the Christian community in the United States of America. I could just touch a little bit today, just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many things that are happening in the church world uh, today, and those of you that are online and from various communities and places in America and also in this world, I know that you also will be able to identify with some of the things that I am going to share today. The text that I have selected is one from the book of Acts. It's the second chapter, and it is found in verses 41 through 47. The context of this text is, is that Peter has just completed preaching to the crowd. And the text begins with those who accepted his message. In other words, the listeners that were there that identified with what the apostle Peter was sharing. Those who accepted his message, they were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had needs. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. I have selected this as my text because this passage shows, it shows us what a church should be and can be if it's totally dedicated to the Lord. The last State of the Church message that I gave was on February 2nd of 2020, almost 18 months ago. And as we look at this text today, it reminds me of how vibrant the church was, how it was a growing church. It was a worshiping church. And most of all, it was filled with the glory and the power and the love of Jesus Christ. The early church was marked by unity. The early church was marked by mutual concern. It was marked by a community spirit. It was marked by an evangelistic deal, uh, zeal. And the manifested power in the presence of the Holy Spirit was so evident in the early church. Purity of doctrine, profound growth, and the acceptance of all people. And many things have changed. And you will see and understand, and it's pretty obvious as Christians, wherever we may live, wherever you may be today, that some of the changes have not been for the better, especially in the church world. We need what they had in the book of Acts. We need that power in that zeal. And today I want to take a few moments to reflect upon what has taken place in our world, in our church world. I want to talk a little bit about Evangel Temple. The experiences of the last 18 months have been somewhat interesting to us all. There is no uh, exception whether we are a Christian or not. Our worlds have been rocked. They have been rocked, and as we reflect back on 18 months ago when we were um, introduced to this COVID world, I can recall that we started out with a coronavirus and then maybe a China virus. COVID was something that we didn't even know how to spell. Then COVID-19. We knew nothing that was going to be ahead of us 18 months ago. It was at that time as a pastor that I was so confused and perplexed because of what was taking place in our community in the health care and, and the suggestions that were being thrown and we were bombarded with. It was during that time that it was difficult even to preach and to address the subject. I had resources that was presenting material, denominational resources. One of them was a sermon by John Piper, who, with his permission, was given so pastors could introduce the subject and address the subject. 
But as we reflect upon the last 18 months as a church, one thing that we can all identify with is God's grace, his grace. His grace has been active in our lives. The very fact that we are still here, that Evangel Temple exists, and many churches are not in existence today because of the pandemic and what has taken place. But by the grace of God, we are here as a church. You who sit in this room, you who are listening, by the grace of God, we have been capable and able in recent months and as time goes on to relaunch some of the ministries of the church, to relaunch in-person services. We went through a period of time, if you remember, where we could not even have people in the room. Nine of them we could have and we had to social distance, and we had to strategically plan, but we never missed a service because of God's grace. We have relaunched the in-person services that we sit in today in a safe and strategic way, always following the mandates of Green County, but by God's grace, we were able to do it. We've relaunched several ministries, as Jenny just shared the announcement. She said, yesterday was the first time of getting back together with the ladies of the church. And many of you have had the virus. Many of you have recovered well. Some of you still struggle with effects of the virus, but we do thank God for his grace. Another thing as we reflect on 18 months, we can thank God for growth in the midst of it all. As today, as I looked at the choir, there were people in the choir that are new faces, people that have come in during this time, people, some of you, couples and individuals, we are so grateful that you are making Evangel Temple your home. We are so thankful for the second service with new individuals that are coming to church in the midst of all that has taken place. Not only God's grace, but God's growth and especially God's glory has taken place in our church. We've experienced God's Holy Spirit manifested in our worship service just as we have experienced today. God is good. God is wonderful. The giving of the church has been exceptional. Even with COVID, you still have given to God and to his work to a place that I believe as of last week, we were 1% under what we were last year at this time in giving. That is phenomenal. We have also given love offerings to those that are in need. We have helped families through the last 18 months financially. Families that could not make it because of the situation and the loss of job, loss of income. Thank you that you have provided. You have provided some that with the stimulus checks, they were signed and given to the church and said, we do not need this, but we trust you to give it to families that are in need. In 18 months time, there's been grief that's been experienced. There are some of you here that have lost precious loved ones. We have had memorial services. Some of you sit here today with broken hearts. Some of you due to the loss in your life are struggling and grief has been experienced during this time. We have experienced the grief of losing a great associate pastor and Isaac and now Nick. 
But God is good. He is faithful. I'm grateful for Pastor Dick Bishop, Pastor Abby, Pastor Heather, Pastor Larry. I'm thankful for, for Pastor Jereen as she works from her home and sends out notes each week and prayer requests and also prayer thoughts for various individuals in the church. For Jenny Austin, for Cami Free, and for our worship leaders. God has blessed us with a wonderful staff and we are grateful and thankful but there is grief when one leaves or two leaves we have to replace those spots there's grief due to death and some of the deaths were due to covid there's grief due to sickness some of the sickness and much of it due to covid there's suffering that has taken place but what will it take to help evangel temple to excel and to be all that we can be in the present time in the months to come. And that is, we must continue to move on for Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ, that we must continue to move ahead. A few years ago, I remember I encouraged Pastor Vance to attend a conference. The conference was held in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was at the Church on the Move was the title of the church. Church on the move. Now we hear a lot of strange titles for churches today. And this particular title was somewhat different. My son was living in Tulsa at the time. I said, Tim, go visit the church on the move. And I remember him calling me back and said, Dad, they really move in that church. They literally move in their worship service and they literally move in what they do. Well, the pastor of that church was an old friend of mine by the name of Willie George. Willie George was somebody that was really involved in bus ministry. And he built that church upon the concept of bus ministries and ministering to children. And you win a child, you win a family, and so on. The congregation was quite different from traditional congregations. But the people moved. And the church name has stuck with me. I have come to an appreciation of the meaning behind the name of that church. You see, church life can, can be static. It can be stale for many of us. We have our routines. We may even sit in the same chair each week as we come to church. You may sit in the same comfortable spot in your home as you take part in the service week after week. And though Christ has intended his church to be a community that's always growing, it's always inviting all kinds of people to come and know Jesus Christ, the church can become rather stationary if we let that happen. We must be a church that's on the move. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a church of Jesus Christ, how can we be helped and how can we help in the area of church being on the move? One thing I want to encourage us as a church, and many of you are doing this, you have written me, you have told me about prayer and fasting in your own life for what is happening in the church world and what is happening in our church a scripture that comes to my mind is found in the book of Joel. It's in the first chapter, the 14th verse. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summons the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. We must do so. In our church, 
to be on the move, we must be a church that continues in unity, a church that is unified by the power and the common denominator of Jesus Christ, a church that is built upon the principles of Christ, a church that, that uh, is a church that is fully supportive of one another. First Peter 3, 8, finally, all of you be like-minded, the scripture says, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and be humble. In the church world today, unity is something of a strange subject in many situations. Due to the conflict of COVID, there are different opinions. Be a church of compassion. In Philippians, the second chapter, the first verse, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. Compassionate to one another. Being a church on the move is to be a church that is concerned for the unsaved, concerned for the unchurched. I heard great reports, and I want to thank the vetters for their involvement in the Graham Crusade that took place. Unfortunately, I was at a memorial service, but I heard great reports because of the concern of the unsaved and having that outreach. We as a church, we must allow conviction in our own lives. I've realized that conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we can produce, but we can hinder the ability and the work of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have a mindset of conviction within our own lives, we can create an atmosphere in which the Lord would have a very hard time penetrating and moving, or we can work in a way to ensure that Evangel Temple is a place that continues the work of the Holy Spirit, that we allow the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation, that we encourage people to use the gifts and we have an open door for the gifts to be used in a proper way. I thank God that we are people that can and must allow conviction in our life to do so. If you want to see God move, there are many things that we can do and that we must do. I believe that we must have an atmosphere, an environment here for the worship of Jesus Christ. Acts 2, as we reflect back upon our text today in verses number 41 and 42, it says, those who accepted the message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread in prayer. May this be the place a place of worship. May our church be a place of love and a place where you can set your heart on the things of God and we can keep the distractions down and keep the unity in the flow of the Holy Spirit, which brings to the point of an attitude that I see here in Acts 2, verses 42 through 43. We find that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread into prayer. Everyone was filled with awe they had an attitude of seeing God's wonders and signs performed by the apostles. May our attitude be that of recognizing the goodness of God. If we uh, can condition ourselves to come to this place, this gym, if you can condition yourself when you come to your com computer anticipating that God is going to do something special in your life, that God is going to move by his power. He's going to meet the need that you have, whether it be emotional or physical. And if we can come praying, come worshiping and come excited and watch the Holy Spirit move, 
We will be a church on the move. I see in, in the lives of these individuals in the early church, not only environment, not only the, the attitude, but the action that is taken. In verses 42 and verse number 46 of our text today, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And verse number 46 says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Come to church or live stream this service determined to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. That God is going to move in your home, in your living room. God is going to move in your automobile as you may be listening today. One of the problems in the church today is that the altars are not being used. That the altars are shut down and praise has been neglected and worship has been somewhat regulated in some situations. Obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit will create an atmosphere in which the Holy Spirit will move and God will move. First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, the Apostle Paul writes, I believe it's in verses 16 and 17. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecy with contempt. Let me say a few things about attendance as well, because I find here in verse number 46, as we just reflected upon every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Just being in your place and being ready to worship the Lord is an encouragement to everyone else. When we come to church here and we see each other, it's an encouragement. When I reflect on 18 months and I saw the joy on the faces of every one of you when you were able to walk back into this room, walk back and see your fellow believers in your church family, what an encouragement that was by itself. You see, attendance to church is not an option. It's not an option. The predictions for the church of the future are not good, folks. When it comes to attendance, Hebrews 10 25 says not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching, some are not ready to return to church. And I respect that. Many of you that are viewing today, I respect the fact that you are part of this congregation. Due to a compromised immune system, you are not ready to be here. And I respect that and I honor you for that. There are some that have come off and on because of the fragileness of your health. I respect that. It is a time where we must care for ourselves. But I also know that habitual absence is a vote to close the door of the church. And thank you for being here. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you. Every one of us, I know we probably feel like we've had COVID 10 times. We've lived in fear for so long. And then it's gone from fear to just an annoyance that we're tired of the subject. But church attendance is important, important during these, these times. Uh, um, in, in being here in these different attitudes and actions, it's not going to make our church perfect. But it will help us to develop a church in which God can move easily and more 
powerfully. And I thank God that we can anticipate that week after week. E.T., you have done a great job over these 18 months. We as a congregation, you have done well, and I thank you for it. I'm going to share with you real quickly the common denominator of churches that have been healthy during the last 18 months. You can give this church a grade. You can mark the report card. I said, and I told you at the beginning of this, that the resources that I have drawn from are national resources. I take no credit for any of this, but I want to share it with you. The churches that have done well during COVID and continue to do well are many, but there are certain traits in every one of these churches that have been common as these experts have looked at them. First of all, they are faithful to preaching and teaching the word of God. The healthy churches are making uh, a, a certain emphasis of preaching and teaching the Bible and the things of God is a high priority. Encouragement from God's word looking at the, the word of God. And as one pastor says, it seems like we need to hear from God more than ever in these days. Another tra trait of the healthy church during COVID time, they are increasing their evangelistic effort. First of all, it is said that before the pandemic, most and almost all churches had lost their evangelistic focus and priority. Second, the healthy church has decided in God's power to renew their commitment to evangelism, challenging people at the end of a message to accept Jesus Christ, whether they're in the room or they're listening to the word through the airwaves, to accept Christ, reaching out and doing mission projects in their city and around their community. Another common denominator was that of they were providing hope and encouragement during the pandemic. The leaders of these particular churches seem to know how to re communicate the redeeming work of Jesus Christ in a way that provided encouragement and hope through their, to their congregations and through their congregations. Their church members repeatedly heard the word that God has not abandoned them, that he is working for their good, that amongst the trying times he is working and they had been contacted through sermons, through letters from the pastors, through prayer groups, through phone calls from the pastors, and strong pastoral care. Another common denominator was that of they are staying away from political issues. That the pastors in these successful and strong churches, you won't find the leaders of these churches, according to these experts, on Facebook, debating the latest hot button issue. You did not and you will not find these pastors being led down a rabbit trail by attendants of the church or members of the church because they had a pet peeve. They, these pastors had kept their focus upon Jesus Christ in the work of the Lord and hoping that their church members would follow their lead. These churches that were strong and healthy during COVID, they are reevaluating their staffing structure. Churches are in the early stage, by the way, of a massive staff realignment. Sad to say, 
that the areas of expertise are dying out. Children's ministry, youth ministries, young adult ministries. Many of those pastors are losing positions. Many churches are doing away with their choirs and their great music programs and going to small worship teams. The healthy churches have leaders who understand that there's a movement underway and they want to grasp it fully so they can make the right decisions and the right changes. There will be more part-time pastors, more tent makers because of people who want to work in the marketplace ministry as a pastor. These strong churches are seeking to adopt and foster churches. They are churches that over the last 18 months have taken in another church under their wings, a church that might have been suffering or had a place that they could no longer meet in. And they found that these successful churches at least dealing with the COVID issues, have welcomed another congregation in their facilities and in some cases, several congregations. They are churches that are redoubling their effort in welcoming ministries. Instead of one greeter at the door, there might have been six greeters at the door. They might have been cheering for you when you got out of your car. There are still signs up in these churches that say, welcome back, because people are still being welcomed back. People, we have people in this congregation that we have not seen over a year, a year and a half. We want to welcome them back. But there's been a stronger emphasis by greeters. And I thank, um, thank God for Pastor Larry and for Jenny in their efforts and for all of you that are on the greeter teams. Uh, some of you have scared people. You, you've been there at their car door. Just welcome them. We're glad to see you. But that's a common denominator of a church that's done well during COVID. Another common denominator is that these churches are giving uh, focused attention to their groups and their small group ministries. Small group is a buzzword, but I'll tell you what, here at Evangel Temple, we may not have a bunch of um, life groups, but we've got some of the most incredible small groups that fall under this category, and that's our Sunday school classes. The focus of the successful churches is to been starting them up, get them going, keep them going, because they are actually, uh, they, they are actually small churches within a church. And the leaders of those classes are people that have reached out to other individuals that have hurting during this COVID time. I'm grateful for Sunday school, for children's church, girls ministry, Royal Rangers, man church, women's Bible study, girls ministry, prayer groups, and so on. This is a common denominator of churches that have done well. Churches that have done well, they're raising the bar of expectation. In other words, the healthy churches see the pandemic as an, effort, as an opportunity to raise the bar of expectations in a low expectation culture. So when people come to church, there are good things that are happening and there's still stability. Churches that have done well during the COVID, according to these experts, are churches that have reached out to their community. They have been involved in community efforts. Uh, they have become friendly Christians to the worlds that are around them. Opportunity has been taken during the pandemic to show love, whether it is an effort in providing clothing, an effort in providing food. Some of the other examples was that of working with closely with community um, 
organizations, with schools around them, with inner city groups and providing, helping needy families, helping with missions, even going to other parts of the world some of these churches have done during the time of COVID to go and to minister and help individuals. Healthy churches during COVID are those that have creating many prayer groups. It was always pre-COVID great that a pastor could talk about, hey, I had 100 out at the prayer meeting. I had 60 out at the prayer meeting, or I had 30 out. Today's emphasis has been on many of you, two or three or four meeting together weekly, our men, our women. The emphasis has been with these successful churches that there has been a change because the efforts are dealing with many groups that are making powerful statements. Mighty prayers have come out of small numbers. Zoom prayer meetings and, and other group prayer meetings are examples that have been given of the churches that have done well during the COVID. The other characteristic that comes up is that these churches are persistent. They're persistent and they have proven to be stable. This frustration and confusion is so real in our world today. And even with leaders and pastors, and there's trying times, but the leaders of these churches simply have not given up. The leaders have been creative. They've created opportunity. And, and I've, uh, I can identify with this because I've always thought I'm not going to waste a good pandemic. We're going to make something out of it, and we're going to do something with it. And we are finding that these successful churches are churches that are catering to their church family. That's all of you. Those of you that listen today, you live in a world of uncertainty. And one thing that you do not want, and it's been proven in these successful churches, is to come to church and experience uncertainty in your church. You want stability. You don't want times where there's confusion and times where there's great changes. Those things can wait. And according to the statistics, these are the churches that have done well. Evangel Temple, I believe, and you can give this church your own report card and your own grade, but I believe that we are a living witness that God is stronger and he is greater than any COVID power. Thank God. Hallelujah. I praise God for that. I'm going to close here real quick, but I've shared a little bit about what's taken place in America, at least dealing with the stronger churches, churches that have made it through this time. But I want to share with you here at the end some alarming news. The current state of the churches in America, a lot of this information, as I said, is from Pew Research Center. 1,700 pastors in America are leaving the ministry monthly right now, according to their statistics. Only 8% of churches in the United States are growing, and just 2% of those are growing by conversion growth. 12,000 churches in America disappear in a five-year period. Only 35% of the U.S. population attends church regularly now. The number of people in America that do not attend church has tripled in the last 15 years. No more than 30% of the population attends church at all, and that's in the Bible Belt. Now, the Bible Belt is a region of the southern United States in which socially conservative Christianity plays 
a very strong role in society and politics and in church attendance across the denominations is generally higher than the national average. We are in the Bible Belt. And though the Bible Belt still boasts of the highest percentage of church attendees, many of those churches are filled with extreme legalism and extreme liberalism. They, these are difficult stats. The majority of churches have an attendance of less than 65 people today. There are over 100 million unchurched Americans. 20% of them claim to be born again. They have either left the church or they never connected with the church for some reason. The medium adult attendance per church services pre-COVID-19 was 90 people, which is declining now to the rate of 64 or 60 people in attendance. Only one-third of the adult Christian population attends some sort of a small group, Sunday school, a life group, a class, a prayer group, to stay connected. Only 65% of Americans donate to a place of worship. Of evangelicals, however, 70% donate to their church, yet only a 7% tithe. Thank you for your giving. We have proven to done and continue to do very well. 20 to 25% of American Christians read their Bible consistently. 59% attend church weekly. 16% listen to Christian radio. 7% watch Christian TV. And 6% are held accountable to someone. Only 60% of Christians say they are deeply committed to Jesus Christ and his church. Alarming. One in four Christians have a place in the church where they serve. The others just come along for the ride. Less than 50% say that the Bible is totally accurate, yet 60% of those claim to be born again. Just one-third of church attendees believe that they have a personal responsibility to share their faith of Jesus Christ. One-third. 60% of the Christian population believes that salvation can be earned, and shockingly, 28% are among evangelical churches. Giving to charities has increased in the past decade, but yet giving to local churches is declining. Out of 100,000 churches in America, less than 2% are considered mega churches. That's 1,000 that's people or more. The top 10 churches in the United States and mega churches are pastored by pastors that are 59 years old to 81 years old. One out of five church attendees are considered church hoppers. 70% of all believers are no longer attending church during the COVID 18 month period. 33% say they attend monthly and not weekly. 72% say they watch online. One in eight say they attend services during the past month. Prior to the outbreak, Christians say they were participated more in person than online. And of course, that's obvious. 26% of Catholics and 22% of Protestants state that they have done neither. They don't watch church anymore or they don't even go to church. They don't do it. Folks, this is the state of the church here in America. And as you can see, the church is in a mess. The church is a long ways from Acts 2 that we opened this service with. We are called to be presenters of Jesus Christ. 
when CB radios were really popular, I can remember my handle. I would get on that radio and talk to millions of people, I guess, whoever would talk to you when you traveled. My handle was the Holy Roller. And I would get on there and say, break, break, just the Holy Roller, you know, what's going on up here? And we would talk and talk. And the Bible describes Jesus' followers, you and I, those that are watching today. In a number of ways, we're called forgiven sinners. We're called adopted sons and daughters. We may be called beloved members of the body of Christ. And all of these are key aspects of who we are in Jesus Christ. But the most important identity that we are called, and that is we are called as sent people. Just as Jesus was sent into this world to show God's love, so you and I are sent out to do the same. John 17 and 18, as you sent me into the world, Father, I have sent them into the world. God is moving by his spirit. He is moving in this world and he is moving ahead. May we be a church on the move. We must continue to acknowledge God's manifestations in our lives. We must reopen and launch many of our previous ministries, and some of them we may not ever reopen. We must keep our in-person services. We must continue our Sunday schools and our small groups, and most importantly, these prayer groups. We must concentrate on our students and retreats and our camps and from everything from royal family to the kids and the young persons retreats and the young adults. Continue to support the outreach. Support the Chinese church that is meeting right across the way and others that the Lord may be bringing our way. The Lord cannot and he will not bless our pride, but he will honor our humility, Evangel Temple. And we must have an appetite to see evangelistic events to reach the people, community events, buildings. We must keep our buildings upgraded and our roofs, our signage, our rental homes and under continued maintenance. We must continue to pay extra payments on our mortgages we have done every month because of your faithfulness. There must be advancement in our budget, in our technology, in our outreach, in our connections with our community and volunteers and leadership and whatever, men's, women's, ladies, kids, students. We must stick with a plan. ET is a very unique church. There is no other church that I know of that's like this church. We are unique, not only in our movement, but in our world. God has planted us here to be a service to a unique group of people. Those that listen today, those of you that are here. And whatever we do, as it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, the ninth, ver ninth chapter, the 10th verse, whatever you do, do well. For when you go to the grave, there'll be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. May we do our work well as God is moving by his spirit. I am committed to you as your pastor, as your shepherd. In the month of May, I took time and I prayed. My wife and I left for a week and we prayed and we, we thought and, and thank God for the honor that he has given us. I can only tell you, I am here for you, church. I am here to preach the gospel and to be the shepherd of this church. As long as you desire to have me or until somebody else would come along, that we would all feel comfortable with. I am committed to you. In the state of this church, 
You can give it a grade, but the very fact that you are here is a, is a vote of confidence that God is moving by his spirit. Please take time to pray and to fast for our church. The difficult times are not going to let up. If you think and thought that 2020 was bad, I've got bad news for you. 2021 and 2022 will probably be just as difficult. Things are not over yet. You can't hide from it. And God never said that things would get easier. He actually said they would go from bad to worse. An illustration, it's like a woman, and I can't identify with this. I've had a kidney stone, but it's like a woman's pains at birth. They become more and more frequent and more and more painful. But at the end of that pain, there's a beautiful gift, the gift of birth. And at the end of our struggles, the earth will give birth to the dead. The earth will give, uh, the, the uh, Lord will bless us victoriously, those who believe in Jesus Christ. Expect that there's going to be struggles. We live in a sinful world. Instead of complaining about it, let's embrace the struggles. Let's make a good thing out of a pandemic. Let's make a good thing out of the issue that you may be facing in life personally and move uh, more importantly and watch God embrace you with his love and strength. God is with us today. And in the end, God wins day by day. He walks before us. Look forward to the victory in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Let's stand together and let's pray.